Blog Talk Radio. The Marketing Technology Blog Radio Show with Douglas Carr, founder of the Marketing Technology Blog and author of Corporate Blogging for Dummies, Online Marketing Strategies, Web, Search, Social, Email, Mobile, News, Tips, Tricks, and Best Practices from actual marketers, search professionals, and social media experts. I love the way Paul Poutine actually says actual. Actual, like we would bring you fake ones. That's good. Well, happy, happy Friday, everybody. We are so glad to be back. Uh, last Friday, we were in uh, uh, Blog World, uh, so we, we missed a week, and then uh, we saved a special one for this week. We have on the line with us Jim Kukrell. So, Jim, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And I, I wish I would have seen you at Blog World, but I threw my back out and I couldn't make the trip. Oh, no. Yeah, it was an absolutely phenomenal show. I, I tell you, it, it is by far um, one of my favorite shows to, to, to go to. And I think it's it's just the caliber of people there. They're, they're, you know, it started with podcasting, you know, I don't know, 10 years ago. I don't know when their first conference was. But, you know, it's these people that are constantly on the edge of technology. You know, so so it's it's people that are – you know, they love to take risks and they love to just put themselves out there. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was a great show. Sorry you missed it. So am I now. You're making me feel bad. You know, <laughs> start crying over here. That's okay. Doug, Doug's just happy. He got the or with uh, with Cloris Leachman. Right. Yes. Yeah, my love affair with Cloris Leachman. Um, <laughs> she was a go granny girl for Network Solutions out there. Um, so it was a it was. We had we had a blast. She she did an event and a book signing and everything else. So um, it was fun. She gave me a hard time about my weight. So <laughs> well, well, I knew you two seconds are and, and giving you grief about your weight. She she totally did. She looked me straight in the eye and she said, "You're gonna die." <laughs> she said, "What are you gonna do about it?" And I was like, "I'm gonna work on my diet, ma'am." <laughs> Wait a minute! Isn't she like ninety-seven? Yes. Yes, you can call it a May-December relationship. <laughs> yeah, she, I think she's eighty-two or something like that. Yeah, I, I don't but know. Uh, man, full of full of you know what? She she was on it. It was it was it was good. But Jim, we've we've never met in person. I don't think have we? You know, I don't think so. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, I mean, I've been I've been watching your stuff for for quite a while now. You know, you've written a number of books. Um, you're on, you know, you're constantly on the speaking circuit, um, and uh, and so I'm surprised that our paths have not crossed. Do you want to tell everybody about, you know, where did Jim Kukul start, and and uh, and and what you've done to date, and then we'll we'll get into, you know, your your later stuff, uh, you know, as we keep keep talking. Sure, you know, I'm a Cleveland, Ohio, born and raised guy, and I still live here, and I got out of college in the early '90s, and Somebody said to me, hey, why don't you come work for this new media company, and we're going to build websites. And I was like, I've never built a website before, and nobody goes on the web. And uh, fortunately, I took that job instead of sticking with my graphic design job and uh, started building websites for some of the first uh, first websites for Fortune 500 companies like Sherwin-Williams and Progressive Auto Insurance and Ernst & Young, and grew that company to about 60 people, and then I went and started my own company, and 
we did an internet company and we grew that company to about 65 people. And then we got com, of course, like everybody else. Yeah. And um, I started a search engine marketing firm back, one of the very first search engine marketing firms that was in existence back in the early 2000s. I decided real quick that I didn't want to do that for a living, so I left. And now that firm is one of the top 15 search engine marketing firms in the world. Uh, of course, I don't have any more stock in that company. I wish I did. <laughs> it's, it's, so We all do it. So I, yeah, so I got out of that business. And ever since then, I've been doing consulting, helping small business owners figure out how to be successful on the Internet. But what I love doing now is, is diving into this new world of self-publishing. And I know we'll talk about that today, but it's, it's truly a shift that's happening in the world if anyone can publish a book. So I write a lot of books, and I do a lot of book marketing and, speak for, and do a lot of speaking. When I, I just saw, I literally, um, we just put out, I'm not sure if it was on my site or, or another one that we put out. Um, no, no, it was on Softshell's site. Um, we, have a, we have a client that makes like an iPad, uh, a really nice iPad, um, cover, but there was an infographic that came out um, just a couple days ago that e-readers, I think, have exploded, like doubled in growth in the last six months. Literally in six months, they've doubled in growth. And then, and then the penetration with smartphone and tablet um, since like 2008, you know, is is like 600 percent or something like that. Like it's it's. It's on a. It's it's not only on an upward scale. It's accelerating. So the the whole e-reader, you know, um, and and I know you're not necessarily talking about e-reader. You're just talking about self-publishing in general. Um, but obviously, you know, if everybody's turning to electronic readers, it makes self-publishing every bit that easier, right? Well, and you know, I mean, Seth Godin just did a post the other day about self-publishing and how you know the the ability to self-publish now is taken away. The all the power from the publishing house. Oh, he, he hates. What, I he know. hates the publishers. Uh, you know, so I mean, it was very interesting read, and, and you know, his whole point was, uh, uh, you know, self-publishing is, is how things are going to get done in the future. You know, that's that's what it's going to be instead of these massive powerhouse uh, publishing. You know, yeah. publishing that can control the, what does and doesn't get published. You know, well, we we we've, we've evolved, right, Jim? I mean. I know Lulu was the thing back, you know, a few years ago, but now, you know, um, you know, publishing, you know, one-off books dynamically is a, is pretty easy on the web, isn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, you guys are going to set me off into a tirade. I don't think we have a three-hour show long enough for me to talk about no. the difference between the difference between traditional legacy publishing and self-publishing. And basically, I had my first book, put out by a traditional publisher in August of 2010. And I quickly realized that that book um, was something I could have done on my own because they didn't deliver on the promises that they told me they were going to give me. Now, I got a nice five-figure signing bonus for that book, right? But when you read the contract, they own the work for that book for the next probably 15 years. I forget how long it is. I can't, I can't change the price. They can sell it wherever they want. And here's the other thing. They didn't do any marketing to help me promote that book. I mean, so basically all I got was a signing bonus. I had to write the book for them. And then they made the promise they were going to put it in bookstores. But you know what I found out after? Because bookstores are dying, if they're not dead yet, bookstores operate like a really uh, business in a, in a really uh, funnel that's just 
failing right now because they only buy books that they know are going to sell. So when my book came out, they bought like Barnes and Noble bought like 230 copies of my book. But I did a little bit of research. I found out that my book was on the shelf, one book out of one out of every five Barnes and Noble stores. Now you tell me, is that book distribution? It's not. So, so, it's, so assuming you can even get a book deal now, which is harder than ever, and, and, and one out of a thousand, maybe even more, why would you go with a traditional publisher? They're going to give you 17.5% commission, which is nothing, after you sell the first run of books. So it just doesn't make any sense for anyone, in my opinion, to, get, to not go out and self-publish their book. It's so easy to do now. Well, it's, it's interesting, you know, some of the things that you're saying. I mean, we, we um, when we put out corporate blogging for dummies, obviously, you know, we had we had a little bit of advantage in that the four dummies guide is, you know, there's people out there that buy every single one that come out, period. But some of the things that you're talking about are absolutely things that we saw as well, and that's that's that we didn't realize, you know, even even when the book went to print, we didn't realize that it was really up to us to market it. You know, we we had no we we were going to do that because we were marketers anyways, and I wanted to push the book everywhere. But I was really surprised that there there really wasn't any marketing plan. In fact, Chantel and I I think called them and said, you know, let's get together and you know sit down and review the marketing plan. And it was kind of one of those, well, you guys do whatever you want. <laughs> right, we're going to send out a press release. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So that's what you should. Yeah, and then they tell you what you should be doing is going out and scheduling events where you speak, and then people buy copies of the book. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. That's just me promoting and marketing the book, and you're making the giant percentage cut. You know, so you have the. You, I, I wrote the book. <laughs> yeah. I give it to you. You print it, but I go out and sell it. And you're getting how much? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It's 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 a really a broken model. I mean, they have. You know, and I have nothing against the traditional publishers, you know, but they just, they have refused to adapt. They have refused yeah. to adapt at all to the situation. I mean, Amazon has come out now, and they're signing up authors, and they're giving authors the, own, the rights to own their books, plus they're giving them much higher commissions. So finally we have some competition from this monopoly that they've been holding for the last 200 years, and uh, I think good things are going to happen. Well, it's, it's not, you know, I mean, the parallel is, is not much different than the music industry as well, right? And that's that you had several moguls that kind of controlled who was being listened to and who was, you know, and, and then you had all these artists that were literally slaving away where the record companies got all the profit, you know, and, and the only way that the, the irony is that the only way the musicians could ever make money was by getting on the road and playing concerts. Well, not much different than writing a book, you know. I mean, the way the way that concert sold the albums. Yeah, the way that we did well was, you know, we got on the road and did speeches everywhere and 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 did conferences everywhere, you know. So it's I, I guess it's I, I guess it's a, a solid parallel between the two industries, and it's a it's a command and control, you know, industry that that's losing grip, right? Absolutely, and, and I can give you examples from the music industry and from the book industry. You know, I mean, there's a there's a college girl named Julia Nunes who uh, started playing pop songs on her ukulele, and she started making uh, YouTube videos, and she's got literally tens of millions of views, right? So 
she she got she built this audience on YouTube from uploading videos, and now she's got four albums and tours all over the country. Ask anyone how long that would have taken in the music business to do. Would they have to find a person who want to put out the record? They'd have to find distribution. She did it all for free. Right, and built this like gigantic audience. The same thing is happening right now with uh, in the book business. You have authors like Joe Conrath and Amanda Hocking, who are just producing books that people love and selling them direct on Amazon, self-publishing, and making millions of dollars. Wow, wow! And and how many books have you self-published now? Um, I just uploaded another one today, so that'll be five that I've put up in the last nine months and I've got six more in the works. So what? my goal is to have, yeah, my, literally my goal is by the time 2013, 2014 rolls around to have between 30 and 40 books for sale because I can create content at a rapid pace. I know a lot about what I know about. I know a lot about internet marketing, right? If, if somebody knows a lot about dog training, why shouldn't they be putting a book together putting it up online, and selling it through Amazon. For every 100 printed books that get sold on Amazon, 180 Kindle books get sold. That's from Jeff Bezos, the CEO. Wow. Really? I had not heard that statistic before. That's, yep. and, 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 so, and then, of course, the other advantages with the ebook, right, is you're not paying for print, you're not paying for paper, you're not paying for production. Yeah, so, but their pricing is about the same. All, all well, you, so the so the author's getting more money out. Right. Of it. I, yeah, that that infographic showed like I think it was the average book was like twenty three dollars. The average ebook was like fifteen dollars. You know. Right. But see, Amazon will pay you if you price it between three dollars and ten dollars. Amazon will give you seventy percent because they want the, they're trying to force the market to have ebooks. <laughs> all right, Jim, we gotta go. We're gonna go start writing books. <laughs> yes, you should. <laughs> That's incredible. Now, what 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 kind of advice do you have to people as far as, um, you know, I mean, when we were writing the book, the editors literally were godsends. You know, they they swooped in and, you know, found mistakes and and fixed them and everything else. Are there services out there to help the self-published author, you know, to to make sure that the you know the quality of their their book is there? Yeah, and and you know what, I know people. I know someone else who writes for Dummies books, and it's it's an empire. Yeah. And they put the, the publishers put a lot of effort into helping you guys make those books perfect because that's their brand. They own exactly. it, right? Yep. So so you experience the different side of it. I didn't have as much help from them. Right. Um, but, but nowadays, anyone can write a book. They always say, Jim, how do I write a book? I say, open up a Word document and start writing. <laughs> and, and that's essentially what you do. And then when, you, when you're done with the book, you pay a, a, a professional. There's people sitting at home right now who have been professional editors and proofers who don't have jobs that you can find in two seconds on the Internet who would gladly take a $50 bill to read through your 30-page book and proof and edit it for you. I mean, there are graphic designers sitting at home right now who have 30 years of experience who would be happy to give if you gave them $75 for them to make you an awesome book cover. The things that the publishing industry held on to for so long were you can't do it because it's too technically hard to do it. You, you can't do it because you can't get in the bookstores. You can't do it because we know how to make book covers. You can't do it because we know all the editors. That's all wiped away. Anyone can do this affordably and fast and easily. And, and are you familiar? I mean, are you familiar with Seth, Seth Godin's 
Domino Project at all? I have, and Seth is a, a really great author. I love Seth's work. I read all of his stuff. But here's the thing about the Domino Project, okay? Seth basically, all it is is really another publisher, right? Okay. He's created a, he's created a new division of Amazon called Domino, Domino Project. And on their website, they call it a new era of self-publishing. But it's not. You know why? Because all it is is Seth and the people at Amazon sitting around and going, we're going to pick 30 books this year that we're going to decide we're going to publish and, po- and promote them. That's exactly the same as traditional publishing. Maybe they pay a higher cut. Right? Maybe they pay a higher cut, but it's it's the same thing. The true self-publishing revolution is when people do not have to get an agent, do not have to have a gatekeeper like a publisher saying that content's good enough to be shown to the world. It's the same thing that happened with blogging in the early 2000s. You didn't need a, a producer. Or you didn't need an editor or somebody to say your content's okay. It's the same thing that's happening with YouTube. You didn't need a professional team of people who create professional videos. You can put your content. The same thing is happening now with books. And when do you think the tipping point, I mean, do you think we're already starting to go, but when do you think the tipping point is where people look at eBooks as, as you know, because I, I, I mean, obviously I'm ahead of the curve from having a tablet and everything else. So when I look at an eBook versus a, a regular book, I don't think anything different, but I think there is still kind of this, weird, you know, attitude towards e-books that it's not, it's not a real book. It's kind of like a book. Well, more so in the nonfiction space. So in my space of business marketing, you're absolutely right. There's still, people still prefer to have their books because people buy books in the nonfiction space for different reasons than they buy books in the fiction space. When you buy a fantasy novel, you're buying it as literally a piece of entertainment and it's more like acceptable that you can read it on a device. When you buy a book like a book on marketing, it's something you're buying it almost for your own validation. You stick it up on yourself so other people can see it there. You know, it makes you feel smarter when you bought that. <laughs> so we need a virtual bookshelf that you can put on your wall. <laughs> we just That's need Amazon. <laughs> what we need to sell is boxes and then just wrap it with a different book cover each week. And then you can walk around, <laughs> you can walk around with it. What did you do different in this uh, last ebook than uh, your first few? Have you changed your process or your approach? From the traditionally published book to the digital? No, from your first digital to your most recent. Basically, what, um, uh, what have you learned along the way? Oh, gosh. I don't think we have a show long enough for that. I, I, <laughs> I've learned so many things. I mean, you know, pricing is one thing that you have to kind of think about. You know, if, you, if you're First of all, if, if anyone's listening to this right now and you are a fiction writer, if you can write romance or sci-fi or vampires or anything like that, get your book up on Amazon right now. Price it between $0.99 cents and $3.99 and watch and see as you start to build an audience and you start making a lot of money. I wish I could write fiction. I really wish I could write fiction because those guys are making so much money. I was just talking to us. <laughs> Sorry. But they have to be good fiction. <laughs> well, just like anything, you know, I mean, that's that's the rub always. Is people uh, people say, well, ebooks are crap, right? And those are people who just, you know, there are a lot of crap traditionally published books as well. You know, it's just because there's gatekeepers doesn't mean that all the stuff getting through is going to be high quality. I will tell anyone who wants to be an author, if you're putting out anything that's junk, 
it's never going to have legs because people aren't going to, re- they're going to poorly review it. They're not going to share with their friends. And that's really the thing that keeps it going. People are like, when you read a really great book, what do you do? Most of the time you're like, man, I read this great book. You've got to check it out. It's, it's word of mouth that will drive your sales and, and Amazon promoting the book as well. Well, that's, let's, let's take a little break and I want to continue talking about that word of mouth and, and, you know, it's, it sounds like social media is playing a huge role in assisting self-published authors. So let's let's take a little 40-second break for uh, a word from Zoomerang. Have you ever wanted to survey your customers or employees but thought it was just going to take too much time or cost too much? Well, it doesn't have to. With Zoomerang online surveys and polls, you can sign up for free and send an unlimited number of surveys and polls. It takes just minutes to create and send a professional-looking survey. Zoomerang makes it easy to get started with a newly updated user interface and over 100 professional templates you can customize. It's easy, fast, and best of all, free. The data you get from surveys can be invaluable to help you make better business decisions and plan for the future. Get started today by signing up for a free account at Zoomerang.com. And we love the folks at Zoomerang. They, they're, uh, they're a good crew out there, and we're, they actually expanded their sponsorship with us. Um, so I owe them a big debt of thanks. And, uh, and if anybody's using them, too, you might not realize this, but they actually have market sampling as well. So if you wanted to put a poll out there or a survey out there and you wanted, you know, greater numbers of results for accuracy, they've actually got, you know, geographic and demographic and behavioral databases um, that they can pull in to, to help you get those survey results. So sorry about that. Sorry for the sales spin, but they're they're good folks, and I wanted to call that out. So, I use Zoomerang, too. I love them. Yeah, good, good, and, and just a fun fun company to work with. Um, we're, we're really enjoying that relationship. Um, here's, here's, a, here's a great tip for people who are authors, right? Create a Zoomerang uh, poll or and, and send it out to people, you know, friends and family and say, you know, what do you need to know a lot about? What, what would you like to know more about? And then you get ideas for books. Yeah. It's a, you know what? It's, it's just like that with the blog too, Jim. We, we find that, um, you know, our readership has grown significantly on our blog, and, and a lot of it has been just asking people, you know, just asking them for feedback and what they'd, what they'd like to hear about more. So, yeah, you couldn't be, you couldn't be more right on that. So when we're, when we're talking, you know, you, you start to talk about, you know, that if you write a great book and, and you price it affordably, so it's that whole micro pricing um, niche, and we can talk about that a little bit more, um, what happens right now is the social takes over, right? People read your book, they enjoy it, and then they start telling other people about it. So in this world, because you're getting, let's say, a 70% return on a book, you you don't have to sell millions of books to to make you know to make a living. You can sell a moderate amount of books to the right community of people that love what you're writing, and then let that community discuss it and and continue to sell. Is that is that why this is working so well lately? Yeah, I mean, first of all, there are plenty of different benefits you get from writing a book. You know, you can write a book and build instant credibility in your industry by having a book. I mean, simply from the fact of uh, writing a book about something and uploading to Amazon. And then I I did this with somebody the other day. They were like, uh, we have a social media company that helps uh, real estate agents do social media. And I'm like, 
why don't you have a book on Amazon? And they're like, well, what would we write? I said, it's called Social Media for Real Estate Agents. And and I said, that's the title of the book. And you write it, it's 20, 30 pages, and you put it up on Amazon. Now you walk into a social uh, real estate agent's office and you say, oh, here's a copy of my book, or here's the link to it on Amazon. Do you think you're going to get hired over somebody else? Because you have a copy, you have a book you've written. It's unbelievable the power of a book. In terms of, of, of making money from it, that's the other side benefit of it. You know, when people go on Amazon, they search for uh, social media tips, social media for real estate, and then they find the book that's specifically niche targeted for them, and they buy it. And, and again, like I said, you can have a print version of that book on Amazon as well, and they just do it print on demand. Well, and, and so, you're, you know, you're talking long tail there too, which is a distinct advantage where a publisher might look for a very, very general, wide open topic to try to, you know, cover the biggest audience. What you're talking there is kind of a long tail approach that, no, let's get very specific about a niche market that, that you know, you can speak directly to and that there's not really a lot of comp- competition in, correct? Well, if, here's what I would tell anyone to do. Go online and search Google for uh, how to become a personal trainer, and you will literally get, you know, 100 million results for that. Now, go on Amazon and do a search for that. You'll get, like, 3,000. So what's happening right now is people haven't got hip to this whole thing where they should have their books on Amazon because people are consuming this, these digital works like you would not believe. So you should absolutely take a long-tail approach, which is figuring out who you're targeting. You're always going to have better luck targeting somebody who's specific. And and take that content and put it up online in some form, either an information product or a service or even a book, and you're always going to have more success. That's fantastic. And and are, when you research a book, are you literally saying, you know, you, you talked about, you know, that there's a number of things that obviously you have um, expertise in, but are you ever looking for those opportunities where, you're just saying, wow, there's there's nothing out here on this. Um, and then you do the heavy digging and heavy lifting, and you say, you know what, because there's not a lot of competition, I'm going to write a book on it? Absolutely. And, you know, everyone should have an agenda. I'm, at the end of the day, I'm a marketer and a business person. So when I put time and effort into something, I have an agenda, which is to build my brand in that industry and in that niche, or, and also the side benefit of making some money from the book. So, you should think about who you're writing the book for, and and you can use things like the Google Keyword Tool. And, and you know, I'm in the industry, so I know about this. But 99.99% of the world doesn't know what that is. And basically, what it is is I can go into the Google Keyword Tool and do searches on key phrases, and I can tell if you say I want to write a book called How to Become a Personal Trainer, I can tell you using the Google Keyword Tool how many times every month someone types that phrase in. And I know for a fact that that's about 40,000 times a month. So think about that for a second. 40,000 times a month somebody goes to Google and types in how to become a personal trainer. Yet there's not one book on Amazon right now called How to Become a Personal Trainer. Well, and I'm not going to write it. (laughs) I couldn't fit on the cover. (laughs) Me neither. That's, that's, uh, no, that's, that's really I, – I, I'm excited. I mean, this is, this is really getting me excited. Now, 
Now, you talked about some of the tools. Obviously, you know, open up Word and, and start documenting. Um, but, you know, uh, well, here's the dumb question, and you're going to answer it right away. Have you written a book yet on, you know, the most efficient way to write a, you know, to self-publish and, and what you've learned along the way? Um, not specifically on self-publishing. There's a ton of books out there. I have a book specifically about how I raised all that money. Yep. Uh, I have that book. It's called No Publisher Needed, and I have that book out. But, I, you know, there's a million people out there who want to teach you how to, you know, book coaches and people like that. I, I'm, I don't want to teach you how to write your book. I want to teach you how to market and sell your book. Great, great. And And you had mentioned something earlier that I should have touched on a second time, and that's that. The world does absolutely view you differently once you write a book. Um, the companies that I couldn't get into before, that I couldn't talk to before, as soon as they saw that I was an author, all of a sudden I could talk to them. Um, it was a, it was really fascinating the psychology of, oh, he's an author, he's a publisher. You know, you know it's just it's truly amazing. I mean, I meet with people all the time who are like, I can't get a job, you know, or. Or there's just no jobs. That I can't. I can't find a job. And I'm like, well, if you know a lot about the topic and the place you're going to work for, why don't you just write a book? Write some. Close your door for a week. Sit down and write something as best as you can. Get a nice cover done for it for a couple hundred bucks. Upload it to Amazon. And instead of sending a resume, get the print-on-demand book made for ten bucks. Sign it. Stick your resume in it and go. And the cover letter is basically, hey, I wrote a book on the topic that you need to hire me about. Can I come in for an interview? I mean, who do you think is going to get the job? You're absolutely honestly. Yeah, you're. That's absolutely brilliant. There was a, a a friend of mine that lived here in town, and and I forget the name of the company. It was Headblade. It's a it's it's a blade for guys that shave their head. I think it's Headblade. I think that's it. Are they here? And no, they're not here. They're out in California, but but they were looking for a social media guy. So a friend of mine put up a website with YouTube videos on how he used, you know, the head blade, and uh, got the job. They relocated him out to San Francisco, and and he's still their social media spokesman out there. So um, so really, it, you're absolutely right. That's a that's a brilliant piece of advice for everybody. I would say that it's. It's work, though, right? I mean, you've written, you know, how many, uh, five books now? Yeah. And, and, and the first one, was it grueling or was it, you know, did you just chop it out? Well, the first one was the traditionally published one, and my contract said I had to write 75,000 words. Now, I had been writing that book in my head for over 10 years, so it was pretty easy to kind of get it all out on paper. And, and I've been writing for a long time, so, you know, that book, in hindsight, if I wouldn't have had that traditional publisher agreement, I probably would have made that book into two parts. Yeah. Um, this is the thing that stops a lot of people from producing books, because everyone devalues what they know a lot about. I mean, I meet people like this all the time. There's a guy who cleans my fish tank. I have a fish tank in my office, and he's like the world's best knowledgeable person about African cichlid fish, right? And, like, he could look at a fish and go, oh, that's a sciapathus, apathus, blah, blah. And, and I've been trying to get this guy to make videos about his fish and write a book about his fish for the longest time, but he, he values what he knows. He, yep. He's like, oh, I know a lot about it, but nobody else. I'm like, are you kidding me? I go, there's people all around the world who 
want to know what you know how to do. So the first step is stop devaluing what you know a lot about because you have information in your head that other people want. Well, you could be the best stay-at-home dad in the world. I guarantee you there's 100,000 or 500,000 other dads in the world who would love to have some advice and tips on how to become a better stay-at-home dad. Whatever it is you know a lot, you're very great at playing video games. Uh, produce content that tells people how to what video games are the best and which ones uh, which ones how to play them the best. Anything. Wait, so let me ask you this. Um, you know, you've written five books, and uh, you know, I, I just barely caught something earlier where you said, you know, write thirty or forty pages and publish that as a book. You know, a lot of people have a concept of a book as being a couple of hundred pages. You know, your standard uh, science fiction novel is somewhere between two hundred fifty three hundred pages. So is there like a length limit that you're looking at? Because, you know, a lot of people aren't going to look at a 30-page book as a book. It may be a booklet or well, Yeah, there's a lot of preconceived notions about what's going on, but it's all shifting right now. I mean, fiction, you are correct. I mean, you if you're going to write a novel, it's going to probably want to be, you know, 100,000 words. If you're going to write a short story uh, about vampires, you know, that might only be 20,000 words, 30,000. Um, in nonfiction, um, I don't think, in my personal opinion, I think the future is in microbooks, which are books that are between uh, 15,000 and 30,000 words, um, where people just get the download of the knowledge that they want to have. I personally don't believe that people want to sit around and read a 100,000-word book about how to do email marketing, right? So I think people want the knowledge. So there's all kinds of other shifts happening right now in China serialized fiction is exploding and there are millions of or hundreds of thousands of people who are making millions of dollars just writing serialized fiction which is they write a, a short story and then they they just like a sitcom think about it you write a short story and then you get people hooked and then people want to buy the editions over and over and over again because they got to know what happens next Similar to um, Stephen King writing The Green Mile, right? He wrote that one. He tried it. Yeah, Stephen King tried it. Uh, in the United States, serialized fiction hasn't taken off yet, but I firmly believe that micro books and serialized fiction are going to be two big things that are going to be huge in, in the U.S. market. And, and you talk a little bit, you know, I was watching some of your videos. You talk a little bit about not just that, but subscription-based, you know, book selling as well. And that's where, you know, someone might pay you, Let's say you know instead of selling one ebook for X dollars, you know you basically say, "Hey, we're going to put out monthly updates, and you can subscribe for X dollars." Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean that's one. I mean it's kind of an example of like the serialized literature. Um, a lot of people just do that already in terms of like membership programs. So um, there's a great site out there called RestaurantOwner.com. And basically, you know, this guy's got a membership site, and how many restaurant owners are there in the world? Millions, right? This guy's got a site called Restaurant Owner, and for 12 bucks a month, he sends you a newsletter every month that tells you, uh, here's, here's the great tips on how to hire a hostess. Here's the best places to get cheap equipment for your restaurant. You know, little tips. And for 12 bucks a month, I mean, that's totally worth it for you, right? I mean, if he's got 5,000 restaurant owners giving him 12, 12 bucks a month, He's making some serious money for just like sending out some newsletter updates every month. So the recurring revenue model in general 
uh, whether it's a book, whether it's a membership or information, is really a fantastic model. And it's one of the best models I recommend for people to get into. If you know a lot about something, again, I'm coming back to this. If you know a lot about something, you need to take that knowledge you have in your head and form it into something, a membership site, a book, an e-book, a, pro, a service, and you need to give it to those people who need it and sell it to them. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, we we have a, a – it's almost a disease and maybe it's, a, you know, our country where we don't value the knowledge that we have. And it's a and it's a consistent thing, you know. I think it's even it even goes to our our the way that we employ people and everything else is, you know. Okay, I'm worth you know twenty dollars an hour, you know, and people think, you know, that's what I'm worth with what I'm making, but they don't take into consideration that no, that's what they're paid. What they're valued at is much higher than that. Otherwise, they would have never gotten you know hired for that much in the in the first place. Um, and it's an excellent point that you made about, you know, the knowledge that people have and the value that it brings that, you know, we do it all the time. You know, it's a lot like the software industry that we don't sit there and try to recreate something from scratch um, like a lot of companies do. We go out and scour the Internet and we find someone that has something. They've built it. It's a $100 license. We buy it, you know, and we modify it and utilize it for our clients and it saves time, saves money, saves saves everything. And and the value of that, you know, code snippet for a hundred dollars, you know, some some developer might be, man, you're crazy. You paid a hundred dollars for that. But for us, the value is, you know, we got it done today without any, you know, without any time, you know, spent or anything. And and I think that's, you know, from an ebook standpoint, it's the same thing. You know, how to optimize your website from front to back. Well, if you can optimize a website from front to back and get it found on search results where you get that first client for $10,000, isn't a little ebook worth it for, you know, $15, <laughs> you know, to do that? The value yeah, the, the value the, is the other, there. The other thing is it's just the it's just the fear, you know, I mean, the people just in in your head You've got this little voice in the back of your head that just constantly tells you that, well, you can't do that. Only the professionals can do that. You can't do that. You can't figure it out. You can't do that. You know, and then it's a combination of once you realize that you have to sit down and do something, you're like, well, wait a minute. There's a, a Breaking Bad marathon on television. I'd much rather sit here for six hours and watch this as opposed, or play my Wii for the next week for all weekend instead of sitting down and, and just making something happen. But the truth is this. Doers get what they want, and everyone else gets what they get. Here's where I put my Tony Robbins hat on, okay? I'm standing up, and I'm, I'm motivating at this point. The people who are super successful on the Internet and in business in general are the people who go out there and try new things. And there's never been a greater time in the history of the world to be able to build a business, build a brand, and promote it without having to spend millions of dollars to do it and become successful. There's never been a greater time right now. So you have to get off your butt. You have to stop devaluing what you know, and you have to go out and try and do some of these things. And what you will find is you can build an entire business, an entire new lifestyle around these things if you just go out and put the effort in. Amen. Well, that's, I, yeah, you couldn't have said it better, Jim. Well, let's take another small break, and when we get back, um, I want to talk about you know where people can find you, 
look you up, see you speak, everything else, and then maybe talk a little bit more motivation and get our uh, get our audience motivated. So this is uh, Slingshot SEO here in town. Searching for a bigger online footprint? Slingshot SEO, helping deserving brands achieve growth through Internet searches. A passion to maximize the science of search translates into action plans for deserving brands like yours, shaping online conversations about your business and making your business more visible to search engines. Slingshot SEO, digital relevance for deserving brands. Visit SlingshotSEO.com for more information or call 888-603-7337. Let them know you heard about them on the Marketing Technology Blog. We all do the Saturday Night Live head dance. Night at the Roxbury. Yeah, Night at the Roxbury when we listen to that. Um, some, some boom and bass. So, Jim, tell, tell us more about... Um, I, I, I want people to be able to find you and, and obviously seek you out and, and listen to some of your advice. Um, you, you're a prolific blogger, obviously. You've got videos out there as well. Can you tell us about some of your sites that you uh, you run and where people can find you? Yeah, you know, I mean, you can find a copy of all my books just by going to jimkukralbooks.com. So that's K-U-K-R-A-L.com. So jimkukral.com or jimkukralbooks.com. And then the books one just takes you to my Amazon page so you can see all the books I have out there. Um, feel free to check them out. They're reasonably, you know, reasonably priced, and, and they're good books. Um I also run a company called digitalbooklaunch.com, and basically what I do is I help people do book marketing. So that includes helping them market and create uh, covers for their books. I'm also, this is really interesting, is I'm working with a lot of people right now who have ideas for books but just don't have all the, the knowledge and skill or the time to want to just publish it. So I've actually sort of become like a publisher, and I will partner with people who have ideas for books. For example, I had a guy contact me last week, and he says, Jim, I'm a really good at setting up WordPress. And he's like, I know I could write a book about WordPress, about how to set up WordPress. And I was like, okay. So we went into an agreement, and I said, well, why don't you write the book? I'll do the cover. I'll do the marketing. We'll put, I'll put it up on Amazon, and we'll sell it, and, you know, we'll split the profits. So over the weekend, the guy writes the book, Right. I get, I get an email back from the guy on Monday, and he's like, oh, here's the book. And it's 35 pages of really good content that he wrote over the weekend about how to set up WordPress. And, and within a week and a half of him and I having this conversation, he's going to have this book up on Amazon ready to sell. I mean, it's unbelievable the way the world has changed now. And that's, and that's a lesson to people, too, that, you know, let's, let's say in that case he, he doesn't sell a million copies. But he also hasn't, you know, spent months and months of his life, you know, toiling over this content. You know, he just he just set aside a little bit of time, put the quality content into a nice package, and then pushed it out there. And is, I mean, is 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 that a lesson as well? Is there is there safety in numbers? Is that why you have five books out there and you want to publish another, you know, another dozen? Is is you know some of them are going to go and some of them aren't. Exactly. You know, what I'm doing right now is I'm building a backlog. So in, in my when I look at the vision for where I am five years from now, I am what I'm trying to do now is is I hope in five years that I've got thirty, forty books up on Amazon 
that I can literally and self-published and in, in Barnes and Noble and everywhere else that I am literally just earning commissions from. I, I I just met with a guy the other day who's got 80 books up on Amazon, and he's making over a thousand dollars sale a day. Thousand dollars, making over 30 grand a month from selling his books on Amazon, and 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 Amazon's the one promoting it for him. He doesn't really do anything. So. Um, and think about that. Now, not everybody might not, might not want to do this. Not everybody loves writing as much as I do. But we already talked about a, a bunch of different other reasons why you want to have a book together. So there's different agendas, different reasons why, why you want to write books. But that's my plan. Can you tell us about your most recent book? Yeah, the, the latest one I, I launched, it's called No Publisher Needed. And it's how I raised over $35,000 in just over 30 days to pre-fund my new book series. And essentially what happened was when I signed with my traditionally publisher for my attention book, I got a nice five-figure signing bonus, right? But one of the reasons that stops a lot of people from not writing books is that they say, well, I, I need to have some money. So they... They're like, I need a signing bonus. So they sit around and they send a million letters to agents and publishers and they get rejected. You know, Chicken Soup for the Soul, which has sold, what, a billion copies around the world and tons of revisions, was rejected something like 500 times before somebody picked it up. So the whole process of getting an agent and a publisher is just not really a realistic one. It's just a bad business model to try and go after that. So why not raise your own money? So I saw a whole bunch of people using something called crowdfunding to – uh, raise money for projects like their albums and artists and stuff like that. And I said, why can't I do that with a book? So I came up with a campaign and I put together a page and I had an idea for three books I wanted to write. And I got the covers designed and I made a little landing page for it. And I went out to social media and I went out to my platform and, and to businesses that I knew would want to sponsor the book. And I said, hey, why don't you pledge to help me pre-fund this book? And I got... Uh, big sponsors, I got some small micro donations, and I got all these people to give me a, literally a virtual signing bonus. I haven't even written the books yet. I have $35,000, and I have not even started to write a book yet. Wow. And is, is that uh, is that like Kickstarter? Kevin Mullis asking that. One of yeah, kickstarter.com is exactly like that. The, the, the problem with Kickstarter is this. It's a great site. The problem with Kickstarter is this, is they only take applications. So it's not like you can just go in and start a Kickstarter campaign. The other problem with Kickstarter is that um, if, if, they, they, if they reject you, you're not going to be able to get it done, and they also take a cut. The other, there's, there's another big problem with it, too. If you don't reach your funding limit, no, everybody gets their money back. You don't get their money. Okay. So what I said is, well, after Kickstarter rejected me because they said, we, we only want artistic projects, right? And I said, fine. And I just did it myself. You know, over 90% of the donations came, or not donations, we call them pledges, because people aren't donating, they're pledging your book. Over 90% of them came through PayPal. And you can go to PayPal for today for free and set up a thing where people can pledge money to you. Wow. Powerful. <laughs> that blows my mind. At 35000 so you so you set up a nice landing page to basically explain why you needed the money, what you were going to utilize it for, and then, and then, is that a you know how do you calculate let's say paying back those pledges? 
Well, if you go to the website and look at it, it's called businessaroundalifestyle.com. What you're going to see is, first of all, I have, you know, the book and what the book's about. I've got a nice video on there where I explain what the book's about. I tell a nice emotional story so I get the audience emotionally invested in the content. And then what I do is I have different pledge amounts. So, you know, there's a $10 pledge amount, a $25, and a $7,500 one amount. So you have different pledge amounts because certain people will pledge certain things. Some people can only afford to give you $25. Well, if you give me $25, when the books are done, I'm going to send you a digital copy of the book. If you give me $100, I'm going to send you a printed copy of all the books when they're done. Plus, I'm going to list your name in the acknowledgments of the book, right? Um, If you give me $7,500, which three people did, three companies did, I will actually dedicate the book to you. So, so if you see, if you look on the page, you'll see these different amounts of pledges that people can give. And what you're doing is you're actually giving them a part in the book. They're not donating money to you, right? People don't want to donate to you so you can write your book, but they right. will pledge to you to be part of writing the book. So as I start writing the books, I'll start sending updates to all these people who pledge. Oh, I'm writing the book today. Here's what I'm writing about. You know, plus they're going to get their name in the acknowledgments. They're going to get all the little bonus things that I give them when they pledge. So it really, it's pre-selling your book with bonus items. Brilliant. It is absolutely brilliant. Wow. There's just so much information to digest after speaking to you. This is fantastic. And so um, you're on Twitter, of course, Jim Krukel. Yep. And Facebook? Uh, same thing, facebook.com slash Jim Krukel. Got your Google page up? I'm up there as well, yeah. <laughs> How about the official business page? Did you Did you launch that yet? I did create one of those this week. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out what it is. It's, it's it's not a local page. It's kind of a business page. So, you know, in this industry, as you as, as you'll find out, anyone who's listening is everyone has to be a marketer. You have to yeah. you have to become a marketer. And and the number one rule of marketing is test and be everywhere. So, yeah. whenever something new comes up, you got to just sign up. Take a little bit of time and sign up and at least just get in there and check it out because you never know what's going to turn into the next big thing. Well, absolutely. And the signal versus noise on a, you know, on starting a, a page like that is, is minimal, you know, so the opportunity for you is, you know, if you're one of the first, you know, thousand people to really make a splash in a system like that, you know, you've just doubled or tripled, you know, your audience overnight um, where, where, you know, on Facebook, you're struggling with the uh, 40 million other pages out there. So uh, we, we definitely encourage people to adopt early and, and go for it. Well, this is, a, this is just a fantastic conversation. Uh, do you guys have any more questions? Actually, I do. Go ahead, Jim. Um, I mean, for, your book is nonfiction. I'm just curious, how do you see book pledging? I don't know. Do, do you think it would be as successful, like, book pledging with fiction books? Sure, why not? I mean, if if you have a, a concept for a book, if it's sales 101, right, you go into a target audience and you say, here's what I want to sell you and here's why it's going to, uh, here's why you want it. And you make a convincing argument to people and, and, you know, what's the difference if they can't have it right then? You know, info marketers have been doing this forever. Right, people who sell those two thousand dollar products you see on the internet. 
those guys have been doing this forever. And here's the dirty little secret that those guys don't tell anyone. And I know a lot of these guys, and they're probably mad that I tell this, but they don't even create the products until after they sell them. So they go and do a product launch, and they sell a million dollars worth of some system or solution. And then, then they send an email to people, and they go, okay, it'll be ready in three weeks. You know what they do? They close their door for three weeks, and they make the product, and then they deliver it to them. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So it, it's all about just telling people what you're going to create and making it easy for them to pledge or buy or pre, pre, pre-order. And, and the key is this solve problems and create an emotional reaction because emotions create reactions. Uh, another rule of marketing that you will find that works well for you is whenever you can create an emotion in someone, whether it's hate, anger, happiness, sadness, whatever, you can get somebody to react. And that's what you need to do in your marketing. It's the best tip I can give you. Create emotions because emotions create reactions. That's, that's awesome. So for like, some of us that write content and may have a lot of it laying around, but it's more of the shorter blog post, 300 to 500 word count type of, type of content, what kind of tips would you have for scaling something like that, like a library of that sort of content up into a full-blown like, ebook? Well, you know, it's funny because if you look at Seth Godin, we brought him up a couple times. If you read the, the couple last of his latest books, you'll see that they're pretty much just a collection of his thoughts on his blog from the last couple of years. Absolutely. So, I mean, I always tell people this. I tell people to stop blogging. And the reason I tell people to stop blogging is because I know it's great for search engine rankings and I know it's all that. So you don't want to stop completely. But I want people to just think about this for a second. If you're dropping two to three hours into writing a 750-word blog post every week, I want you to imagine instead of writing that blog post, you just wrote 30 short, small blog posts and put it into a book instead. And imagine how much more benefit you might get from that book instead of 30 blog posts. I don't know. It may be different for various people, but I made a conscious effort to stop blogging so much a long time ago because I realized that I was drained content out of me that I could be putting into books. Yeah, it's definitely, I, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you as a prolific blogger myself. You know, I think I think it's a lot easier for me to talk about blogging as a, you know, obviously we get leads inbound through our marketing as well as we have sponsors on yeah. the site. So it's a profitable enterprise for us. But I don't disagree with you that if you've got a blog out there that really isn't you know, it doesn't have the audience, and you're not making money on it, and everything else. Why spill the candy? Why not? Why not put it in an ebook and 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 put it up for sale somewhere, and 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 see, you know, that people value it. <laughs> and there's and there's and there's the unprofessional dead silence. That means that usually means that we're at an end. <laughs> Well, Jim, this has been absolutely fantastic talking to you, and and it's uh, you know we're going to keep our eyes on you, and and um, we'll pass off, you know, we'll do a couple blog posts on this, and and uh, get our audience um, writing, and we might we might you know I not might I think we need to kick this in with ourselves and get a couple of ebooks out there on the things that we have uh, heavy expertise in. So thank you so much. It was an inspirational and educational. Uh, discussion on here today. 
It's my pleasure, and I, I would love to come back anytime. Yeah, absolutely. Let's ha- let's have you again. Well, uh, everybody, once again, jimkrukel.com, jimkrukelbooks.com, uh, jimkrukel on on Twitter. Uh, please follow him. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening this week. It's been a fantastic show, and we'll talk to you next week on the Marketing Tech Radio Show. Thanks, everybody. Connect with us anytime at marketingtechblog.com. And from there, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Tech Blog.